Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you again for finding us in your Son. And by the Holy Spirit, there is no God like you, and we know no other God but you, the triune God of perfect love. We are so grateful and so blessed to know that our daily breath comes from you, our Creator. You are our joy and our confidence. And help us this morning to learn more about boasting you and you alone. Boasting you is a true joy of our life, and we want to boast you and your Son, Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit today. Amen. Yesterday, we saw the preamble of Paul's declaration of boasting. There we learned Paul was a holy fool because he was boasting not to draw people's attention to himself, but to Christ. Today's text shows us the actual contents of Paul's boasting in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 21 to 29. Here we see the actual content of Paul's boasting. So let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 21 to 29. To my shame, I admit that we are too weak for that. Whatever anyone else dare to boast about, I'm speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelite? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendant? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been prisoned more frequently, been flogged more severely, being exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with the rods. Once I was pelted with the stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in this country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled, have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Beside everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches, Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. Although we don't know what exactly Paul's adversaries boasted to the Corinthians, today's text helps us guess their boasting. Two things that they boasted were implied in verse verse 22 and 23. They said they were Hebrews. And verse 23, they also claim they are the servants of Christ. First, when they say they were Hebrews, instead of using the common term Jews, they were bragging that they could speak Hebrew or Aramaic, the Hebrew of Jesus' time, fluently, unlike many Hellenistic Jews whose mother tongue was a Greek. This reminds me of a well-known first-generation a Korean elder and a leader of JAMA. Do you guys remember JAMA? Jesus Awakening Movement in America was popular about 20 years ago. Who said in a sermon, 
that unless you speak Korean fluently, you are not real Korean. Uh, that's actually one of the reasons that I decided not to support and join JAMA. And I also wonder how his children would feel about his statement because they were typical Korean-American so like my kids. They don't speak Korean well at all. I know that. The second boasting of Paul's opponent was that they were servants of Christ. Pauline scholars think that by this they were Palestinian Jews who had actually known Jesus in his life in Palestine. A relation which a person like Paul who had, who had been brought up in Tarsus could not have had. If indeed they made a, such a claim, Paul had a no real reply. So how does a Paul respond to this kind of very man-centered, flesh-exalting, very acutely uh, ethnocentric boasting? Like any wise debater, Paul does not expose the weak side of his case. Instead, he proceeds it to his strongest, his actual service of Christ. The main argument and the content of Paul's boasting is that he served Christ more than anyone, more than any of his opponent. In verse 23, Paul repeated the word more several times. Are they servants of Christ? I am more. I have worked much harder, been prisoned more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. In other words, more and more. Paul worked harder and suffered more than any of his opponent and probably more than anybody that we know of. As I read and reviewed the list of Paul's suffering, I noticed several things. Uh, by the way, here Paul's sufferings are divided into three areas. The first is external suffering at the hands of others. And number two is a loss of ordinary necessities of life, such as food, clothing, drink, drinks, and shelters. And third is inward stress uh, from worry about his churches. But three things, I mean, there are several observations that I make on this story today is this. First of all, I realize that there are a lot of Paul's sufferings that we don't know in detail. We think we know Paul well because of the book of Acts describes his life and ministry more than anyone's. But only a few fraction of Paul's suffering and accounts that he shared here today are actually found in the Luke's account of Paul. Obviously, Luke joined Paul in the middle of his second missionary journey at Troas. If you look at Acts chapter 16, today's text tells us there are more amazing stories about Paul than whatever written in the book of Acts. Definitely, when we meet Paul in heaven, we can ask him about it, and I hope to hear the rest of his story of suffering. And second, I noticed that Paul, to, for Paul, to be in Christ means to be in danger. To be in Christ means to be in danger. Look at the verse 26. I have been constantly on the move. 
I have been in danger from river, in danger from bandit, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. Paul repeated the word danger eight times. In Christ means in danger. To follow Christ means to face danger all the time. To know Christ means to know suffering love. We are not talking about suffering love in some pious ways, but serious physical ways. Flannery O'Connor once said, You shall know the truth, and truth shall make you odd. And that's why some of, uh, many of uh, her uh, characters of a novel, they are, they are kind of grotesque and odd figures. Truth. Uh, oh, truth or oh, Jesus make us not only free, but a strange or oh, strangers in the eyes of the world. As a result, as a Jesus was a danger to Jewish religious status quo, his followers also become dangers to the world and those who hold man-made hegemonies. Third, I'm convinced that suffering for Christ is a true honor of a life. What we will be proud of ourselves at the end are not successes, but sufferings for our suffering Savior. By the way, the list or catalogs of one's achievement were very common in the ancient Middle Eastern and Greco-Roman world. Roman emperors and the Oriental despot set up the inscriptions listing their achievement. They built a monument that brag about their achievement. Paul can write an as impressive and as long a list as any of them. But Paul's list talks not of successes, but of sufferings. At the end of life, I think the real miserable people are not those who did not have a success, but those did not have a suffering worthy to be told. Yes, at the end, real blessed people, people who have worthy sufferings. Sufferings that makes others grateful, the sufferings that honors not ourselves, but Christ. Give, suffer, and die. That's not a bad motto, and that definitely is not a bad way of living. The real miserable people at the end are those who have a success, yet it's not worth talking about it. Actually, their success become a shame. Those who miss the honor of a suffering, they are the real miserable people. So dear brothers and sisters, let us follow Christ, even in danger today. Let us face the danger of a life, especially because of our faith or due to our faith because it is a Christ that we are honoring. Christ we follow a suffering Savior, and his sacrificial love is what we want to reflect today. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for showing us the true honor of a life through your faithful servant, Paul's story of a suffering love. Just like a Paul braces us suffering for the gospel of Christ and all the BIPs Christ placed in his life. Help us follow you 
over our comfort and convenience. Help us to participate not just in the fellowship of a sweet love, but in the fellowship of a suffering with Jesus Christ in the Holy Spirit. We are grateful that we found the greatest love worthy of our sacrifice. And we want to reflect this most precious, most, most beautiful love of our Savior. Lord, give us Jesus and take everything else, even our world today. In his precious name we pray. Amen.